0: Thank you, Brother for Good evening, friends. Very happy to be here this evening to minister in the name of our Lord Jesus to the sick and afflicted, needy people. And I trust, by God's grace, that tonight that he will give to us the greatest night we've had in all the services because of his presence being with us. And now, before we go much farther, I, sometimes I forget these handkerchiefs. I used to mention it in the meetings, but I'm about sending send them through my home for handkerchiefs, and I always send out hundreds of them a week. But the um, reason I don't say that, I happen to think that so many people on the radio are trying to say, just write us a letter. They're only trying to get your address. So they could make you kind of a mailing list, but I, I don't want to do that. I just, anything I can help you to, I'll be glad to do it. But and if you don't have your handkerchief here, I'll pray for it right here if you got it. And if you don't have it, why don't you just stand in it. don't cost you nothing. We'd be glad to stand it, help you to everything we can, send literature with it to instruct you on how to do it. You know, at the same time that these handshake goes on you, all the way around the world is prayer being made at the same time? At 3 o'clock, 9 o'clock at morning, 12 o'clock at noon, and 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Standard, I mean Central Standard Time, completely around the world, there's a circle at that same time, of my own meetings, results of them, hook up around the world. And some of them get up at 12 o'clock at night, 2 o'clock in the morning, to offer prayer. Now I have more testimonies over the anxious, and I have testimonies out of my meetings. That's right. Because it reaches more. We send out hundreds and hundreds of them a week. So now, let's just bow our heads a moment and ask God to bless these people. Our Heavenly Father, it's with grace delight that we bring these people before Thee. And laying here tonight is these handkerchiefs that represent sick and afflicted people. We love them because they love You. And Thou hast brought us nigh unto Thee by the washing of Thy blood, by the water of the word and has brought these people to relationship with us. And now we are sons and daughters of God, brothers and sisters in Christ, and our hearts go out for each other in sickness and in trouble. If one member suffers, all the members suffer from the effect. And Father, in my heart and in our hearts tonight, we suffer with a burden that you will heal all these people. We want to see them well. We want to see them up, going about, and well and healthy. And then in the Bible, we read that were they taken from the body of St. Paul, handkerchiefs and aprons, and the sickness was healed and unclean spirits went out. And now I have the Bible laying on these handkerchiefs. And Father, we pray that you will bless each one of them, and may they be healed, each and every one. For we ask it in Jesus' name, thy Son, amen. May the Lord bless each one of these handkerchiefs for its intended purpose. Now, in the Word, just for a few moments, I would like to read, and I promise you tonight, that I would tell you about the vision that's going to take place pretty soon. And I, I trust that God will, will give to each one of you uh, the, His blessing while we're reading the Word and trying to explain. And some of you want to put down the vision, of course, of what's going to take place. You're more than welcome. Anything that's ever been said concerning when it's thus saith the Lord tacked on to it, well, you find out. I'll lay my life right to it. It'll be just that way. And here, not long ago, two years before it come to pass, told of a little boy being raised in Finland. You read the story of it in the book. And by the way, now, we're, as I say we're not book-sailing because we don't, we just let you have the book. But if you want one for a Christmas present or some of your friends, tonight's your last chance because we don't sell on the Sabbath. And any of the pictures, take one of them home with you. We'd be glad for you to have it just as the cost, of, just as what it cost us to get it and get it here to you. You're welcome to it. And we don't commercialize on anything at all, not a thing. And in know meetings, we, if God don't supply our needs, then it's time for him to get it off the field and go home, see but when he supplies my needs, why, well, I just keep on staying wherever he leads me to go. And if he has no place to lead me, well, then I just go wherever uh, the manager sticks out a place to go. And I love people, and I love to minister to them, and I love them because they love Christ. And if they love Christ, then they're bound to love me. You can't love, you can't love Christ and hate me. <laughs> you, you got to love me, too, because I'm, I'm his servant, and I have to love you because you're his servant, and I happily and, and most graciously in my heart do love you, everyone. That's true. Now, I want to read something from his word, which is uh, found in Acts, the 17th chapter. And this was included into the vision. So it was of a great man, Paul. It's the 21st verse of the 27th chapter of Acts. After a long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sir, you should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have caused us harm and loss. But now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there stood by me... Beg your pardon. The 22nd verse. And I exhort you to be of a good cheer... For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whose servant I am, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And, lo, God has given unto thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God... That it shall be even as it was told me. May the Lord add His blessing to His Word. Now, could you imagine on a stormy sea, and all hopes and knowing they were out of the will of God, because God had warned Paul not to loose from Crete, but he couldn't help it. But they went ahead, the shipmaster, he knew more about it than what the Holy Spirit did, you know, so he just loosed and went ahead anyhow. And they got out on the ship there and the sea, and there come up a great storm. And for several days and nights, there was no moon, no stars, 14 days and nights. And all hopes that they'd ever be saved was all give up and gone. It was bound to be drowned. they throwed out the tackle of the ship and everything and still just let it drive, and it was just going anyway. And Paul went out into the gallery and prayed. And there was an angel that stood by Paul and said, told him the message. and I can just see that little Jew come up on top of the, the ship where all these men were weeping and crying. They'll never see their wives again, never see their children again, just like the doctor tells you that you just get ready to die, the cancers going to kill you, and you'll never get up to the bed no more, and your days are finished, and, and they're weeping. They'll never be up again or something like that. But this little Jew went down in there and prayed through until he touched God. And in a vision, standing by his side, he saw an angel which brought him the message, the angel of the Lord. And he come up and he said, Wherefore, sirs, be of a good cheer. For the angel of God, whose servant I am, stood by me last night and said, Fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God has given all them that sail with you, to you, so there won't be any loss of any man. So he said, Wherefore, sirs, be of a good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be just as it was shown me. Now, I'm so thankful. Wouldn't you like to have been there when Paul when I've taken place on that ship? Wouldn't we have had a wonderful time just to rejoice and shout with Paul and walk up and down that the galleries of that ship? Well, I, I could have kept still. Could you? Now, I just wonder why we keep still in the same thing taking place here night after night. Okay? That's what I want. The same thing. If we'd have been there, we'd have been just like we are now. The great things of God is so great, and yet people try to imagine so much out in here, somewhere in the supernatural, uh, a hocus-pocus-like, when it's right down here. I can teach a five-year-old child the kingdom of God better than I can teach a man who's got a, a degree out of college. I can teach him Christ better. He's simple. He just listens to what you say. Watch coming to the platform? You never see God turn a child down. He don't do it. No, sir. Because they're just simple in faith. They believe it. And when they believe it, that just settles it. God says so, and that, that takes care of it. The little child will believe it. But, oh, my, we know better. You know, we you know to all the angles and just how could it be. we got to figure out now, how could this be. But it be anyhow. What caused me to go to to? Africa on this trip, just to brings up this vision, and I'm watching that clock there, but I'm way early, so I've got plenty of time. It's only 25 minutes till 4, so I, I suppose I have a whole lot of time, but you, some of your brothers, let me know about when it's just about time to start the prayer line about half hour. I was with Brother Bosworth. It was the night the angel of the Lord picture was taken. How many has got that picture now in your possession? Thank you. I'm sure it will be a great blessing to you. Here some time ago, there was a lady at the hospital at the city I live in. The picture was sitting on the table. The doctor told her she couldn't get well. This is her story. She said, Looking at not at her brother, but to the angel of the Lord. Now, if you'll notice, friends, that is a, a pillar of fire. George J. Lacey, you read what he said. Now, that's the best that we got in the United States on on that kind of work, on research. And when he said that, he said it, it, the old hypocrite, he meant the unbeliever, says that it can be never could be scientifically proved that there was a supernatural being, but said he can't say that now because your scientific proof that there is a supernatural being. For you hear what he said. The light struck the lens, See? and it was there. It was. He said, "The mechanical eye, of this camera won't take psychology." That it's not psychology. He said, "I said it was psychology, Mr. Brannon, myself, but said mechanical eye, of this camera won't take psychology." The light struck the lens, and the the being was there. You heard what Mr. Doctor Stonewell? How many reads the Voice of Healing and read that article in there? Doctor Stonewell on that. He said absolutely. Now, he don't know nothing about this picture yet. He was an atheist, just been converted a few weeks. But he said that that magnetic power of a believer in contact with God was so vital, he said that even if he believed over the Christ that, that halo that was painted was absolutely could have been seen because it's a power. Now, just think, he took a, a machine. You know, the human being is not made to lie. And if you're telling a lie, they can put you before a lie detector and your nerves will react. And then they took this same thing and converted it to a way that they could tell whether it was truth or not and put it on a person praying. And I think it taken, I forget how many thousand kilowatts to send a radio message around the world. And when this woman began to pray in her death, there went out enough power from her till it registered over as far as the needle would go. Enough power leaving that woman actually supernatural power that caught on this machine, some kind of a magnetic power of her prayer that was powerful enough to send a radio message 55 times around the world. That's scientific. Man working around in science has found God. (laughs) That's right. He lives out there. He is in the scientific world. They just touched around on his little basic playthings that he plays with or has out there for them, now they're coming up into a place in a category where they can find him. Now, on this picture, Brother Bosworth brought me a picture of Florence Nightingale and you, I'm sorry we have no more of those books, they're out of print at the time. We wasn't financially able to, it was about $10,000, it cost about a dollar a piece to print them, to put them back in print, they won't print less than 10000 so we couldn't do it. But when the first one out, well then, we sold all of them and they were gone. Then in there he got a copyright from uh, a permit from the copyright to place this picture in there the picture belongs to the douglas studios not me and uh, and then in this picture as i was saying a few moments ago a woman in the hospital was looking at it and was praying after her doctor told her she couldn't get well she claimed that she seen that picture that mill of fire come out of there and stand over where she was i know the one thing i don't know what taking place there but the next day she was sent home well. I don't know. I know that. And she was sent home well. Now, it's His being. And if we'll read the Scripture, we find out that it was a pillar of fire that led the children of Israel. That same pillar of fire, I believe, was over Jesus Christ. Now I believe that He's ra- risen from the dead, showing the same signs that He showed when He was here on earth. And it's that same pillar of fire is over the church right now the same angel of God, that same presence. Now, there is times you say, God, we want to look at it that way, but there's many times that things are done instead that angelic beings brings the message to Him. God was in a certain place and met a certain man at a certain time, and, and if He could have found a man one time, in the end, He would have slew him and so forth. We realize that there's times where God is certain places. That's exactly true. The Scripture teaches that. Now, in this case, when we promised God, and I told you a few nights ago about the healing of Florence Nightingale, when we went out into Africa, and my wife is sitting somewhere in the building, I haven't spied where she's at yet, but anyhow, I guess she's got back up in the corner, so anyhow, she's as bashful as I used to be. <laughs> and so anyhow, when when we were, knowed so much about the, how i tell you how much of geography we knowed, I told her, she said, where are you going now, honey? I said, I'm going down to Durban, South Africa, uh, uh, Durban, Southern Rhodesia. That's where I'm going. Well, I, and she wrote, I said, you write all of my mail to Durban, Southern Rhodesia. And here she she's writing to Durban, Southern Rhodesia, and Durban's in South Africa, not in Rhodesia. Just be like writing um, uh, Owensboro, uh, British Columbia. There is no such a place. See? But anyhow, the men, I guess, seen how dumb we were, so they just, the post office, sent it on down to South Africa, another nation, and down in Durban. But when we landed in Johannesburg that afternoon, I guess there was many, many thousand people at the ramp. And so then, when we went out that night and got into Durban, my brother Biles were sitting here, which was right present for every bit of it. And uh, there was Mr. Baxter and many of the others. Uh, my boy also was present. And when we landed, well, then they had to take me several miles out into the country where they had no place to put the people in, no park, no nothing in the city. They had to go way out in the country to where there's a big school and place them out there, and just the police was guarding the roads up and down, just strings of people for miles. And there they were all out in this place. It had taken us, oh, I guess 25, 30 minutes to drive to where the place was. And when we got there, I'd been in the air for three days and three nights, almost wrecked twice. You heard in the paper here about three years ago when a car, 52, were killed at one time. We were just behind that accident. And the same place the instrument broke, and we were over that city, my boy and I, over that city for about two and a half hours trying to come down with no instrument. It's a fog. You couldn't even see nothing. you go right down real low and see the lights And it. go. My wife would have been screaming and crying and praying, and she noticed his I was in that big sand. But I... Not only was she praying, or she had been praying, I was praying. (laughs) That's right. And I was very thankful that I had a Heavenly Father who was riding by my side to help me down. Sailors and things, when he got off of there, said, Well, this is the last one. The rest away from here, we'll go by ship. They can have all the airplanes they want. We'll take ours by water. And so they were ready to get away. And so finally when we got in there and got out to the place where the meeting was, but just got to the platform... Tired, no sleep. You can imagine what it was. Rocking and pitching in that air for all that time. And thousands of people, just like oceans of people, were sitting. And they were, i strange. I thought Africans were all black people, but every one of these was white. And I said, are these Africans? Yep. Yeah. They're all Africans people. So I'd expect when I landed and down there that I'd have to find a beaten path to the little hut but I come to find out it's more modern in our cities or in America. It's just a beautiful place, uh, Johannesburg. So I thought, my, this is strange. I thought, where's all the David Livingston's? They won't need them around here anymore. And uh, so um, they, we went out to the people there, and just as soon as we got to the platform, I hadn't noticed coming across the top of the people. I guess Brother Bosworth, I hadn't been there over about five minutes until the vision started, and I seen a, a, a bus moving like this over the top of the audience and it was something blue and I just kept watching it till it got to me I wasn't saying nothing because I was tired and didn't know just exactly where to make my first beginning to closing to a vision to closing with the individual to a vision and I noticed the, the bus coming it come right close to me real close and I seen a sign on it that said Durban and the bus went out of my sight well I just started on speaking and went on, and I noticed, here come that bus again, and I've seen it stop, I've seen a boy get on that had one leg about six inches shorter than the other on a crutch, and he held his leg on this crutch, you see, and walked like that. He got on the bus, and I seen him coming on like that. That bus come on up close to me and stopped again. Well, I just kept on speaking about I said I'm awfully tired tonight. I'm really worn out. I said... We're expecting a great meeting here in Africa. We just closed one in New York City, and uh, there's something about New York City. You watch. Remember, there's something about New York City. Don't forget that here. All right, I just left New York, New York, I said, I'm so tired. And I watched that. Then I seen this boy again coming walking across the audience, and he didn't have this crutch under his arm anymore. He was just normal and well, with his leg just a normal size. Now this is the first thing I've been sitting there about. I've been in the audience of people at least ten minutes, and I happened to look and where the boy walked and stopped in the air. I looked right down below him, and there sat the boy, just about the distance of this building hardly as so far. And I looked and seen the boy. I said, don't you come from Durban there, son, with a white shirt on? He said, yes, sir. Spoke English. Yes, sir. He come from Durban. I said, aren't one of your legs about six inches short? Really? And he said, that's me exactly. I said, it isn't anymore. You're in here. He come walking up there just as normal, just as he could be. And his people again screaming. and. Faith, oh, my, was one class. Just then, I seen a little green car hit the road like this and turn around like this and slide backward, hit a tree. I seen him take a young lady, blonde-headed, and she was all broke up. They wouldn't let a move her. They went and got the doctors, and they put her on an ambulance. It's in her spine. She's broke three or four places in the spine. But I seen the thing take place, but I couldn't tell where it was. I couldn't see that girl. It went away... And I there's a high bench, like a high place built. And I happened to look right down under me, and here she laid, right down here, beneath, right here. I seen it was the same girl. And I said, "Didn't you have an accident recently?" Yes. And I said, uh, "You was in a little green car, and the car slid sideways and then backed up like this, and hit a tree." She said, "That's right." I said, "Your back is broken." Her mother said, "Oh, she just can't move." I looked out, and I seen the girl going real fast, right down across the audience in a vision walk walking real fast. I said, stand up in the name of Jesus Christ, for thus saith the Lord, you're healed. And she said, her mother said, oh, no, darling, no, no. Said, if she moves, she'll die. The doctor said she would die. And the girl jumped up and let out a big scream, and her mother fainted and fell in the same cot, so they just let her lay in the cot and let the girl go on. Is that right, Brother Baldwin? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, sure. Go ahead. The next night, I saw this. Her back was broken three places. I saw her in the audience the next night and waited till I got her eye and let her come up here. This, And she came up and sat, uh, I told her to sit on one of these seats back here until Brother Branham comes. I want to introduce you. <laughs> and so she sat there and as I saw you come through that side, I her, come quick, come quick. And that uh, is they took the picture. We have the picture now. That's right. Thank you, Brother. Yes, she was. Her mother fainted and fell in the same cot, so she just pushed it over and let her mother lay in the cot while the girl rejoiced in the Lord, going up and down the place. And the doctor said, if she moved, and you know what it is—a a broken back, an accident on a highway, you, even a—no uh, uh, one can move that person unless the doctor orders it. And you better know what you're speaking about before you call such a person, too. If that's in your own head, or well, something, the person would kill themselves. But don't worry. If God says so, you move. That's just exactly, because it'll be that way. Well, we were just. Oh, there's so many things happening there in about 15 minutes. The I just collapse almost. they take me to the house. And on the road up, there was a man, Brother Schoeman, man may have known, he was the chairman of the National Committee. All the churches of Africa was cooperating. They, all but the Dutch Reformed Church. And that's really a hard church to get along with. If there's any here, I don't mean to say any word about the church, but they don't believe in water baptism. They don't They don't believe anything, hardly. And so they just a very formal, ritualistic Cold, indifferent church, and so the the next day, uh, brother Schoeman going up, which he was, he belonged to the the Apostolic Faith Missions of Africa, and he was the president of the of my of my uh, group, and he was the national committee, and brother Schoeman going home that night, he said, oh, I think that was wonderful, but he was telling me that, but yet I know he didn't believe that, I knowed he didn't believe it. And I was going home to his house, stay all night, 'cause there wasn't no places to stay. So, I, I went to his house, stay all night, and we went in the room. Brother Baxter said, "Oh," said, so "I tell you, this fellow Scouman's a mighty man." I said, "Yes, he is." <laughs> I know he wasn't believing that. So I next morning come out, and he was a nice man, but he thought sure that I was as a mental telepathy or some kind of a a trick I had up my sleeve to do it. It was like a rabbit's foot or something, you know, you rub on you. So he he I knowed he was suspicious. And the next morning, I got up and we went to breakfast. And when we were sitting at the breakfast table, I thought I looked at him again and caught him just a way to know that I catch his spirit. I said, It's beautiful weather in Africa, Brother Schooman said. Yes, yes, very, very, very. I thought, "Uh You can just feel that little shadow there. I I knew that he wasn't just exactly where he should be. So I thought, Now, Lord, if you'll just help me to just kind of shake him just a little. Then, then it'll, it'll make the thing because he's the chairman of the committee. And just, I thought, well, if you don't, why it's all right, just let it go. So I was sitting there eating, and after a while, the Holy Spirit come down and there broke a vision across the table while we were sitting there. I said, Brother Schumann, your little girl here isn't her name Andra? He said, Yes. <laughs> and I said, um, About six months ago, you almost lost her, didn't you? I said, Yes, sir. I said it was something wrong in her throat. Said yes, sir. I said she's had a hard time swallowing since then. Has said, "Say that's right." <laughs> and uh, and then uh, it turned around and told him something that I won't say here because some of his friends may be sitting here. And he just almost passed out at the table. He said, "Brother Branham, mm-hmm. I told Brother Baxter before we come in." He said, "Brother Branham, I'm just a little bit skeptic, but I want to reach my hand to you." <laughs> It's clearer then. <laughs> he, he he knew. So the next that day we had a marvelous time. The next morning, Brother Baxter, all of us we come in. He said, Brother Branham. He said, I got some news for you. He Said what? He said, How would you like to go way down through Kimberley and ta- Cape Town and all around through that, went up around Victoria and through. Oh, I said that'd be marvelous. He said, You know what? He said Brother Duplessis has come over here and set up an itinerary. All of them, we're going to take a great big itinerary, hundreds of miles down through here. I said, marvelous, marvelous. That's just fine. So then after service that night, I went home, went in the room, went to bed, went to sleep. And about 2 o'clock in the morning, I woke up. I heard some kind of a little bird out the window, and I stepped over and raised up to look through those reeds to look where, where a bird was. And he was, was chirping at night. I thought, that is a nightingale. And I looked at my watch. It was about 2 o'clock. I come back and sit down, turn on a little dim light, begin to, to read my Bible. And just then I looked up, and here he was standing before me milling around. He said, Don't you go with them but you stay right here in Durban. And said you uh, right here in, in Johannesburg he said you stay here two weeks. And then there's going to be a man by the name of Jackson is going to take you a lion hunting. And you're going out and you take that week with him and you go out and hunt lions and tigers and things for a week out in the jungle. He said, come back, and then you go over to Durban, a place called Durban and stay there a month. He said, now that you might know that this will come to pass. He said, tomorrow morning, he said, they're going to take you down to the city. And there's going to be a a, a little garden like, And a, a native standing there with a purple shirt on. So that's going to be a rare thing. You tell the man that they're going to take you down there. And said, then they're going to get a doctor. And they're going to work it around to another minister. And this doctor is going to be a thin man wearing glasses. And said, the doctors tell him that he's got cancer and dying. But said, it's an error. It's an error of the doctors. They cut the wrong thing in him, and he's dying because of that. And said, don't pray for him, or he's going to die. And he said, now, and on the road, they're going to take you to another city. And on the road, you're going to meet a girl. She'll be selling beads on the side of the road. She's going to have a great big skin place on the side of her head. And while you're standing there, said... Mr. Baxter is going to call your attention to a very funny-looking big bird making a noise as it goes across the, the plain, and said, by this you'll know, and they'll know, that you're not to take that itinerary that them ministers have got set up, but you're to go this way Well, that settled it. So I went in, woke Brother Baxter up. I said, Brother Baxter, we can't take that itinerary. He said, do well, you have to tell Brother Bo- Schoeman tomorrow. I told Brother Schoeman, oh, if you've ever been in Africa, why... Well, I- that's kind of hard to let them know that, you know. it said, oh, it's set up. So here comes the whole association. That night, the Lord worked a powerful miracle. And the next morning, when we got up, they'd, uh, I'll tell you what the miracle was. I just, as the second night there, third night it would have been that night, and here's what taken place. Now, this Afrikaans man, this boor, had never heard about the angel of the Lord now, we got the shirt, got everything to show, the papers and everything, headlines, two or three pages, in the Dutch Reformed Church, which controls. And the second morning, while I was there, I forgot to tell you this, the first night I was there, and the first night I spoke, and had seen the miracle, there happened to be a group of the Medical Association out there, and the next morning, the entire Medical Association of all South Africa called me to come to breakfast and give me the right hand of fellowship and said, Brother Branham, that's genuine divine healing. How about that, Brother Bosworth? Uh, The genuine divine healing which we're absolutely not against. He said, now, there's been many people down here that didn't believe in doctors. We heard you speak for the doctors. He said, there's been people that we could have helped, Reverend Branham. And we are Christians. He said, we could have helped them, but they had the the Christian science idea that you shouldn't have a doctor. And said, through that, they've died, many of them. And we believe we could have helped them. And said, now, they love you. And you spoke for us and so now we're speaking for you and anything that we can do for you, let us know in every hospital in the old trans- for free state, and orange state, everything's absolutely open. Anybody can come. You can go to any hospital. Anything we can do, we'll be right along with you to help you. And they follow me throughout the entire Africa. And uh, uh, in a few moments, I'll get to the story of the conversion of some of them. If I can hurry to get my time in now. All right. Now, or get my story out. Before my time is up, so then, then that same night there was one of these Boer ministers. That's a, a Church of the of the of the Boer. They called the Dutch Reform Church. They went out. He went out to see his friend, and his friend said, "I was a spiritualist, mind reader." So he went over to his friend. He said, "God have mercy on you." He said it's the hour of visitation to Africa, and you. And you doing such a thing as that? Said so that's sin. He said the man ain't nothing in the world but a polished up soothsayer. And he said I'll go out and have prayer for your sinful soul, cause God might strike you dead. And he goes out and kneels down under a little, a little, uh, I believe, is a peach tree, a little peach tree just about twenty yards from the house. Raised up his hands. He they wear a white shirt and a white tie. And so he raised up his hands. And said God, have mercy on my friend in there. He's going to die and go to hell with such thoughts as that. And said, an hour of visitation is here, and look at him in there. There he is sitting in there. Oh, was just telling God all about it. Now, here's the man's story. He said that a pillar of light, about two foot long, about eight inches or ten inches high, of a light came down, and the light parted from side to side. And that man described that angel to a dot. Said a large man, 200 pound, dark hair to his shoulder, walked down to him and laid his hand on his back. And he said, When he laid his hand on his back, it felt like a fire burnt plumb through his body. And he said, Rise and tell your friend that this is the hour of visitation and not to condemn this man. So he jumps up from there and he said, Did I go to sleep? Was I dreaming? And he run up and said, Well, well I, I don't. And he ran up and begin to tell his friend about it. And his friend looked around, and here was the shape of that angel's hand scorched in that white, broadcloth shirt. and the next morning, the man fainted, and they tuck it and here was a picture that big in the paper went plumb through all Africa. I got the shirt. Now, they called me down, the authorities and checked my hand with it. And there', was, and there was a man's hand, just perfectly, a man's hand scorched right through his shirt. We got the shirt. There it was in the African paper. Right away, my. And then them, they wanted me to leave. Why? I said, no. The Lord told me, stay here. He said to me, stay here. The next day when we started out, everything the Lord had said would take place, took place just exactly that way. Even to the little bead salesman. Brother Baxter, there, time to take her picture. I said, don't you remember that bead salesman I told you? Oh, he said, Brother Bran, that's her. Just then something went squawk, squawk, and it was a... A wild peacock going flying down to. I said, he said, look at that bird there. Wasn't that a funny-looking thing, Brother Branham? I said, this. Brother Schoeman said, that's a wild peacock. And I said, you remember Brother Baxter? What it do? He said, well, Brother Branham, it's exactly isn't. And I said, Brother Schoeman, I can't take that itinerary. I said, I'm sorry to have to interfere with you ministers, but he told me not to take it. I said, Brother Branham, we have to take it. Oh, I said, but you may have to take it, but not me. <laughs> I said, no, I don't have to take it, Brother Schumann. The next morning... They're just that persistent. Here come the cars right up to go anyhow. Well, I, as uh, uh, Brother Baxter said, Are you going, Brother Branham? I said, No, sir. So here they was outside, and my suitcase wasn't packed, nothing. I said, No, the Lord told me not to go. Well, in come the ministers, and Brother Bosworth knows. We had a round of it. He said, Well, the meetings are closed here. I said, Ridiculous. Right where the Lord's give us the favor and everything and telling us to stay here, here's where we're to stay. And no, they wanted to go, and so I put my clothes on my arm and so forth. We got out, brother Bosworth, and all of them right along, and we started down. And as we started going, just a hundred and something miles, I said, "What are you going down here for?" Well, we promised brother so and so we'd be here. And brother, I say this with reverence, brother: if you want to get in trouble, just mess with a preacher. You sure get in trouble. So that's right. Now they're God's servants; they have to be a little suspicious, and they. But brother, I've had more trouble of preachers getting me out of the will of God than anything I've ever seen in my life. Yes, sir, because one will say, the Lord, see, the man's right. If the Lord told him to do that, let him go do it. He may tell me something else. And no matter whatever tells you, if he's a prophet, if he's a preacher, whatever he may be, if God's told you something contrary, don't you pay no attention to that prophet, preacher, priest, or whatever it is, you listen to God. Always listen to God. How many ever read 1 Kings 13 where a little prophet went out and prophesied and done works and God told him something to do and another real prophet come to him and told him "So The Lord met me and said, You come to my house and eat. You know what happened, don't you? Yes, sir. You listen to God regardless of who says or what says. You listen to God. Well, the minister said, We promised our brethren that we'd bring you to their town. I to What size city is this we're going to? About 3,000. Well, there was... 10, 15, 20,000 people out there to go to the meeting. Where you go to put Don't know. But we promised, brother, we'd be there. <laughs> there you are. I said, I, I appreciate that. I love our brethren. But God has said, not are miles away. And I know the whole crowd would be right over there. So we started down the road, and brother and sister Scooman in the car, and Billy Paul, I believe. No, I was by myself. St. Billy was back with Brother Bosworth, man. And the whole, three or four carloads of ministers coming. Kept going on down. The Holy Spirit said, Are you going to listen to me? I said, Brother Schoeman, stop the car. He said, What's the matter, Brother Branham? I said, Just stop. And he stopped. He said, Well, what? We we're way ahead of the rest of them because he drove like Jehu. So he pulled the brake up, and he, and he said, Well, what's the matter? I said, I'm just not going any farther. Well, he said, Brother Branham said, I don't care if he's staying up there. I said, He's the chairman. He said, That's my city, and that's my district. He said, But... The brethren won't you go down there and said, They're not going to listen to that, Brother Branham. I said, Well, I'm going to listen to God anyhow. So we he stopped and up come the brethren. Now, if anybody here sure remembers the Shreveport Louisiana standing speaking like this, one day the Holy Spirit come just before we go over and said, Thus saith the Lord to me. Be careful there's a trap for you in Africa. Well, I thought it was witch doctors and so forth. I thought, well, I know who God is and which doctors ain't going to bother me. I didn't know it was among brethren. See? So sly was Satan. And we stopped on the road. Up come Brother Bosworth and Brother Baxter and all of them stopped and all of them. So Brother Scooman went back there and said, you'll have to go see him. He he just refuses to go any farther. Well, up come Brother Baxter and got kind of huffy with me. <laughs> he said, Brother Branham, listen. Say we're about 12,000 miles away from home. We're down here at the mercy of these people. Don't you think these ministers? We should consider them. I said, as far as considering and being reverent to brothers, we should. But I should look to God first. And he said, Brother Branham, I, I just just can't believe that it, it's exactly right. Then up come Brother Bosworth, and Brother Bosworth sitting here now, watching right, right and wrong. Brother Bosworth said, Brother Branham, I believe you're mistaken. Now I said, my old saintly dad. That stood on the platform of me and watched the visions and works and wonders and so forth, and hear me say, "Thus saith the Lord." Brother Baxter, brother Bosworth, lovely both of them. Well, the ministers, another African minister, walked up and said, "Brother Branham, don't you think God speaks to somebody else besides you?" I said, "Yes." I had the same idea at one time. I said, but I don't know why... He said, God told us to make that itinerary. I said, but God told me not to take it. I said, He might have told you, but He told me not to take it. And for my part, I'm not going to take it. So then, there we all hugged together on the road. (laughs) All right, stopped in the middle of the road, meeting, waiting. And I... Do you remember, Brother Bosworth? I said... I'm not going to do it. So they went on and hum-hauled around. Brother Baxter said, Well, Brother Bram, I'd go on down to the city at least and then pray for them people there and we'll go home. I said, I'm just through and tired and sick. Brother Baxter's very nervous, you know. And and he said, I'm just through with the whole thing. I'll wash my hands up. If you can't listen to things like that, said, I'm i through with the managing of it. And I said, Well, you can be that too. See? But I said, I'm going to listen to God regardless. God, if I'd only hung with that thing. And then, I walked over there and got some locust leaves off the trees, and pulled the locust leaves down and put them in my hand, and there stood Brother Bosworth, Brother Baxter, and several ministers. And I walked along with these locust leaves, throwing it on their feet, I said, Thus saith the Lord, from this time on we're out of the will of God, and it'll be nothing but trouble until we return." Got back in the car crying, like a baby. (laughs) sat down in the car and helped my head down. Brother Schoeman glad to get me back in the car, so away he went with me again. We got down there in that little city, and there there was laying out there in the fields and hills, no place to go, no place to eat, nothing. Laying out there. That great big place back there ready for us, just moved out of it. All right, immediately Brother Bosworth starts over to uh, kind of give a little the beginning of the meeting, and there come up a tropical storm and like to drown the whole bunch. There I was sitting down in the house, out of the will of God, just as much as Abraham was when he was in Korea. Just sitting down there in the house. I said, Lord, let him have a lesson of it. So I was just sitting there in the house. About midnight in come Brother Bosworth, drenched, said, oh, my, we tried right. I said, uh-huh. So the next day, oh, that'll be all right. They said, "We and you've never seen a storm you hear a tropical storm. You hear our lightning flash and roar, and after a while, it's just... Just like that, the lightning flashing. Just a constant roar. Boom, 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 boom. The r- lightning are going. And there all of them like they drowned it, sick people and everything. So then the next morning he cleared off and said, Oh, this'll be fine tonight. And then when it comes nighttime, just by the time he got ready to take me, they'll come up a cold spell like to froze them all to death. Mm. That's right. About ten o'clock, come into the house, eleven o'clock. I said, Uh huh. <laughs> I said, Now, tomorrow night we'll have an earthquake. I said, We're out of the will of God, brethren. Brother Bosworth, my old saintly dad sitting here, sitting there at the table at the round table. We just got into that Brother Free's house, and I just met his wife, sitting there at the table. I looked over to his wife. I said, Lady, told her what she was suffering with, what she'd had, what was wrong with her, and said, You're healed. And right there, God healed her and made her well. Looked over to Brother Free and told him that was in their house. I said, now do you believe? We believe. But the ministers, they wouldn't know. We've got to go on. We're going on anyhow. Well, we fussed till about 2 o'clock in the morning, wasn't it, Brother Bosworth? And now, there's many things that I make a mistake, and God sometimes lets your very best bosom friends. Do you know that? Wrap right around you. Now, Brother Bosworth was just as sincere. He's sitting here, and so is Brother Baxter. But you see, God was giving me a try. So he said, uh, "Somebody, Brother Bosworth said to me, he said, Brother Branham, I believe now, if you'll go down through that way, they told him they had natives down there. But we didn't know the truth of it. The only place there wasn't any segregation was the Durban, and we didn't know it at the time. Brother Bosworth is looking at it from the natural ministerial standpoint, like if I'd happen to quit this meeting right here the next 10 minutes and walk away, somebody would say, well, that guy's a hypocrite. You just don't understand. You have to do what the Holy Spirit says. I can't be like... Some of them set their meetings up for two or three years ahead of time. I don't know even an hour from now what God's going to have me doing. But whatever He tells me, I'm going to do it by His grace. So then watch this lesson and then you'll understand. Then uh, Brother Bosworth said, Brother Bram, I believe if you'll go on down there, you'll see the exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could do or think or so forth. That's His Word. I said, Brother Bosworth, I put my hand in His. I said, As many battles as we've stood together... And I'm telling you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that we're out of the will of God. And it's going to be nothing but trouble. All the ministers begin to carry on. So they begin to talk about, along by 2 o'clock in the morning, the permissive will of God. God would permit it. It wouldn't be His perfect will. But then they'd put up thousands of dollars for advertisement, rented great big auditoriums of things, big baseball parks and things down through there. Well, it's no more than right. We should go up. Thousands of dollars. And natives is already piling in from everywhere all down through. I said, God can send them all up here. And we found out later he, it would have been right. But no, they wouldn't listen to that. Uh-uh. No, we had to go anyhow because it promised the brethren. So he said, you said th- say we're going to have an earthquake tomorrow night? I said, I don't know what we'll have tomorrow night. It's hard to tell what we'll have. And I, well, they asked the Well, I said, God might permit it, but it'll never be His will. So I was crying again, so in the room we went, and my little old boy, I don't see him standing here anywhere, but he's in here somewhere in the building. When we walked out of the room, I was alone. He put his arm around me, come out with me. He said, Daddy, don't you listen to those preachers. He said, if nobody in the whole country will stand by you, I'll stay with you if we have to hitchhike back home. And I said... Well, Billy, I, I don't know what to do. i here. We are down here. These people, and <laughs> if we ever got back, they had to pay our way. So we was, we was. I said, I got enough friends in America. I believe to send me a ticket to come home on. I'd pay it back to him later. And I said, I, I. But if I go back home, I'm still not doing what he told me to do. He told me stay in Johannesburg. And so I, Billy said, Well, Daddy, I'll stay with you. I said, Well, come on, let's pray, honey. We went in the room, our room, and. There's a great bunch of ministers. They went in their rooms and so forth. And they said, go ask the Lord if he'll permit you to do it. We've got everything set up like this. Well, I prayed. Billy went to bed and went to sleep after he got tired. He prayed a little bit, and kid like crawled up and went to sleep. So I, I just kept on praying. Along about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, here he comes. I said, who are these men? And what do they mean, Lord? He said, go on with them. But you're going to pay for it if you go with them. That you can go and if you want to go, all right, but remember, you're going to pay for it. And he said, Tomorrow morning, go wake up your boy. He had respects to Billy. If Billy'd only submit his way to God and believe in God, the ministry of mine would just be a little bitty thing. I know what's in the boy, but he's just in the adolescent age, and he's just this, you don't know where he's standing. But I know that boy he sat here the other night, and he said, Daddy, I was going down the road, and something he was just telling him, Say, He'll say, Daddy, you know, we've never been on this road before. said, Right along another place is going to be a barn sitting in a certain place and a certain. Well, sure. It'd be just exactly that way. See? And that gift is laying so close to him, if he'd just move over into it, it would be wonderful. But he's just at that frolic age, you know, and adolescent, and you know what I mean. And so I pray that God will settle him down someday and put him on a platform that'll give a ministry that'll just bring millions of souls to Christ. I do. You pray for him, too. And so, he got a lot of front, but I know what Billy is in the back. thing. So then, uh, and we, we were, he went in there, and the angel of the Lord told me, said, "You go wake up Billy, and tell him that tomorrow morning this storm or weather is going to clear up, and it's Sunday school. The Sunday school service out on the desert. They're going to ask you to come pray for the sick. He's go, there's going to be a boy come with him. See, he comes so that nobody would talk to me when I'm on, coming on the road. They don't let anyone talk when you're under the anointing." And said, now, uh, when uh, he comes, he go come in a little black car and there's going to be a boy come with him and he's going to pick up another boy. And on the road down, there's going to be a native standing by dressed in a white sapphira suit at a eucalyptus tree near a bridge. You're going to be striking another native with a stick. Your boy will call your attention. By that, you know, it's you're permitted to go. I won't take your life, but you're going to pay for it. I went right in, woke up Brother Bosworth. He had a little... A little light there. Billy, give him. He'd press on. The Lord speaks to him along in the nighttime with something. There. He writes it down on a piece of paper so he can have it for the next day. He said he couldn't remember as good as he used to, so he'd have to write it down when the Lord would give him something. I went in woke him up. Woke up Brother Statscliffe, Brother Baxter, Brother Bosworth, and all of them, the ministers. I said, Thus saith the Lord, that God has told me that I could go, but I'd pay for it, and our meetings will not be like they should be. But if you're determined, I'm willing to take to the, the whatever the... the whipping is to come, but we shouldn't do it. And I told him just exactly what the morning would be, and it's still storming then. I said, what to be? And the next morning, it happened just exactly. Is that right, Brother Bilesworth? Just exactly the way the Lord said, Billy, come at I me mean, the same way. And boy, and he has had his hand back like this. The boy started talking to me, and the boy motioned to, my boy motioned his hand not to do that. I was sitting there praying, waiting till he got to the platform. And, and uh, just then, Billy said, He's looking around behind the seat, the driving wheels on the right-hand side, and he's looking this way. had his arm across. He sitting in the front. Another boy and I in the back. And he said, uh, Daddy, look at there. And there was that native with that white suit on, standing with that eucalyptus tree near the bridge, fixing a the strike together. The I said, What to tell you, Billy? And the little fellow started crying. I said, Daddy's headed for some trouble for himself. But here we are. I said, The next time I ever come to this country, I bet it'll be straightened out before I get here. And I said, I won't... I won't come if it's not. We went on out, had the meeting that day, went on down, into the very next town as Timberley was was a big diamond mine, where the president took us down and showed us the mine. And we had about 15,000 people at a little building that would seat half of this. And that Afrikaans minister, Brother Bosworth, went to him and said, Well, isn't there a place? No place can get it. And anyhow, we're going to have it in my church. So the brethren promised me we could have it in our church. Brother Bosworth said, Well, ridiculous, man. Said, so look at the streets are packed full of people. The fields are standing full of people. Said, so you mean to tell me that you want it in your little old church? That has a seat of about three or four hundred, and around fifteen thousand or more people standing there. The brother told me I could have it in my church, and that's just where it's going to be. And poor old brother Bosworth, I never seen him out of humor in my life. But he come back up to the house. He said, let's take a walk. We went and walked. He said, brother, Bram, did you ever hear such? It's ridiculous. I said, of course, Brother Bosworth, that's exceedingly abundantly. <laughs> <See> that we... <laughs> I said, we're out of the will of God. Brother Bosworth said, I just can't stand that preacher acting like that. And downtown he went on his own hook. Went out there and rented a great big stadium. and seated him to everyone real nice. Had the meeting. Went on down through Cape Town. On the road coming back. Coming out of Cape Town. Here's the story starts. I got sick. Started getting sicker time I got to Durban about two weeks later, I was really sick. I couldn't even hold my head up. And I got to Durban and our meeting there consists of nearly 100,000 people or 30,000 converts in one day. And they said, we promised brother so-and-so, 2,000 miles farther up in Rhodesia I should go after about two or three days meeting in Durban, walk off and leave 100,000 natives that had pulled for as many as the hundreds of miles and packing their loved ones on reeds through the jungles, to be healed. That's exceedingly abundantly. Seen. And there, the white and black could come together. They separated each tribe and so forth. But it's the only place in Africa that you could do it. Is that right, Brother Bowser? The Holy Spirit knew that all the time. And we didn't. So then, to the rest of the meeting, I just barely lived to get home. And when I come home, come to find out, I had um, African amoeba dysentery. Blood just pouring just as hard as they could. Nothing would stop it. Just go throw me in a pest house when I got to America. He took me into a doctor and examined me. He said it's the worst case I ever saw in my life. He put me in a place and gave me sixty days treatment. God just turned his back on me and said, Go ahead, and take it, you wanted it. I said, Oh Lord, help me, help me. He just let me just go ahead and holler. And I just cried and begged and everything else. Didn't do no good. Months passed, just the same. Never let up at all. Just kept on. The doctors give me everything they had. And, the, and he'd take the exam. He said, I only got one more treatment, and that's a strict uh, arsenic. He said, I can't give you that very much. He gave me seven doses of it, and I turned as yellow as a pumpkin. He examined me again said, Reverend, if I'd give you... His father was a minister right here in Kentucky. Dr. Lucas at Louisville, Kentucky, if you'd like to ask him. Dr. Lucas and Ryan. And so he... The best there is on amoeba in this country. And he said, Reverend Brown, that's the worst type of amoeba. It's, it's not a germ, it's a parasite. It gets into the stomach and the intestinal tract, just sit there and suck on the, on the intestinal tract until so the mucus is gone. Then it gets to the bloodstream and takes your life. So then, And they're in a little cone. And when you send medicine down, they just shut up and don't eat it. And I tell you, you never get over it hard. So then I, there I was laying there dying. So then they give me that, and they give me examination after that, I had more amoeba than I had in the first place. Now, he said, Reverend Bram, I don't want to alarm you. He said, you're a married man, got a couple children, three. I said, yes, sir. He said, you return home now, there's nothing we can do for you. He said, there's nothing in the line of medicine that can be done. He said, now, if those amoebas retire, while they, you may go on all right and have these breaks the rest of your life. He said, if they go into the farther from the mucus gland into the bloodstream, you'll start taking a real high fever. And if they gather on the liver, it'll push out a knot, and you'll get real heavy crancher, and you let us know right once, and we'll cut in there, and drain that liver out, you'll get over it. But said, if it strikes the brain or the heart, you live ten hours. That was a lot of encouragement. I went home. My poor little wife sat there, and I told her, "Well, what am I going to do? My ministry's ended now. I got two little children to raise—one seven, the other two. Now, what am I going to do?" That's exceedingly abundantly not obeying God. I walked up and down the floors. I cried. I begged. I persuaded back and forth, back and forth. Got down to about 110 pounds just walking back and forth, crying and praying back and forth and back and forth on the floor. God still couldn't rest at night. Just every time, I thought I had a fever every five minutes. (laughs) And uh, I just knew the fever was coming. I was laying there, and the little girl and I was in one of the bedrooms sleeping, wife and the other little girl was in the next bedroom, the hallways between the bath, sitting between the two beds. So in that room, I was laying there, I woke up about two o'clock in the morning. I'd been sleeping about a half hour, I put my hand back like this, and I said, Oh, God. Now, remember Brother Bosworth, when I left Africa, I put my arm around him when we got on the plane. I said, Well, Brother Bosworth, I have fought a good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept my faith, or uh, the faith. I said, I guess my days are over. He said, Well, you're just a brand-new Branham. He said, You're just a boy. I said, Well, I'm 42 years old. He said, Well, I was 40 years old before I started preaching here. I said, Boy... You're just a child. I so said, here I am, 70-something. I so I'm just going strong. So I said, well, you just got your education, your diploma. Just going on like that. And I thought, oh, my. So I was thinking about what I told Brother Bosworth. I thought, what does my future hold? I guess it won't be long now So I'll be gone. And I thought, a fever strike me. Ten hours. My wife will be here with two little children to raise. My boy. What will be the outcome of my life? I And I started crying. I'm at the place of the vision. I started crying. I looked up and I thought, God, what must I do? I heard something going... First time for months and months, I knew he was in the room. I looked around. I seen that light standing over there with a shiver old whirling around. I got out on the floor and I said... Oh God, have you come with pardon for your servant? Or have you come to take me away? And just then I looked coming right down in front of me. Must have broke into a vision. Here come a man walking to me with typewriter paper look like in his hands like that. And he walked up and he said, In so much as you were thinking about your future, I said, Yes, I wonder what my future holds And I looked down on the floor and some had been wrote on. And he took that typewriter paper like this and he went, through it like that and just one right after the other like that and made a complete road up into heaven. And a great voice screamed from above that paper and said, Your future is clear. I come out of it. I begin crying. I said, Oh, God, if I could just have asked Him, He never showed me over one thing at a time. And I thought, Oh, if I just asked Him if I would ever go get over these things here, if I, if I was going to get over it, what would it be? I thought, Oh, if I... Here he come back again and I've seen that time when he come walking to me and I said will I ever get over this fear this uh... he said oh, will I will ever have it anymore he said not at all and when he left that time I began to rejoice and I thought oh if I'd only asked him about my meetings if I'd asked him about my meetings then everybody's telling me brother Roberts prays for people faster than I do and more people to the Him because more can get prayed for. I thought, well, what if I just asked him that? I thought the next time he does, maybe he's—I know he loves me now. He's back talking to me again, and I said, if he and if he tell me again, well, then ever come... and just there, here he was again, and I said, Lord, would would my Lord let me know? It's always stood up to me about how I pray for the people. I said, should. Would you bless the people? You told me that the, the the gift was to get the people to believe, and then if I be sincere when I prayed, do you want me to lay hands on the people, or just pray for the whole group, like Brother Bosworth said, or just uh, just one, just wherever he, I see the vision? He said, "Just as you're led." And then he went away again. And I started rejoicing. Then was real happy, and just then, here he come again and taken me away. Now listen close now. Have your paper ready. When he come this time, he set me down in a Durban meeting geographically. I was looking just the way the Durban meeting was, looking south. I was in the north. And there was a great Durban meeting, just the same meeting. And I noticed that meeting begin to turn blue, raised up off the ground, the people, and faded away towards the west. I'll t- talk slow now so the people can get it. That's right. Faded towards the west. And just then, I looked in front of me again this way, only it was towards the south, and there was a new meeting greater than the other one was. And there was beautiful people, men and women, with their hands up, appraising God. And I said, are all those white people? And I looked, and I seen the Africans, the great dark race, standing in there. And just then, I heard something going, they're just making a real humming noise, like a dynamo a running. And I looked up. And here came another angel, this one standing by my side, was the same man that always talks. And here come another one from the heaven, and he had a great oscillating light turned on. And this angel caught me by the shoulders and turned me to the east. And as I looked to the east, i never seen so many people in all my life. And they wasn't Africans. They looked like they had had a, a sheet wrapped around them like this, and just pulled it up and stuffed it down like the Indians wear up around Calcutta and up in that way, and they were a little bitty skinny man, and they had their hands up just to praising God and screaming my name as loud as they could to come that way. And I looked, and the angel that stood just above me, then he was a great mighty looking fellow too, and he had this great light in his hand oscillating, and he turned it on, and it went way back through the hills, and just as far as I could see was nothing but a solid mass of people. And then the angel that was standing near me, when I seen all of that turning that way, he said, I heard the number just as plain as you hear me. He said, there's 300,000 of those in that brand new. And I pitched forward in the floor. My strength was gone. I raised up, looked around. I heard something going... The leaves turning. Now look, and here come my Bible, right down. And it was turned to the same Scripture where I read tonight. And then it was turning back towards the front of the Bible. And as it turned back towards uh, the front part, it stopped on Joshua, the first chapter, and a finger began to read down, part down along the line. The Lord thy God is with thee, wheresoever thou goest, no man shall stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Be very courageous and so forth like that. Until it read down the most of the chapter, first chapter of Joshua. And then it went away. At that time, I came to, and I heard somebody knocking on the door. It was my wife sitting there. She knocked on the door and she said, Can I come in? Well, I thought, That's strange. My wife asked me to come in. I said, Yes. She said, I started in here at 3 o'clock this morning. Now, she's very timid, but very spiritual. This is the first time this ever happened in our home. She said, and something told me not to go in there. There was a vision going on. And from 3 o'clock, this was 6 o'clock, it had been three hours I was in that vision. And we went out and was talking of it and I was telling her. And my mother-in-law, a saintly, godly, old, holy, ghost-filled woman, my wife's mother, lived just below me. And she'd come up to the house. She said, kind of half crying, she said, is anything wrong up here? She said, The Lord told me, he'd Come up here. Something was gone on up here. There you are. That's two witnesses. I went out to the bank in New Albany. But you boys are very well acquainted. And little Bob Dennison, I guess you know him, at the bank, Union National Bank. And I wanted to pick up my checks to see if I had any income tax to pay. And when I went out, I noticed him weeping. And I went over to him. I said, "What's the matter, Bobby?" He said, "Why, Billy Branham? He had know to Miss Morgan being healed with cancer." He said, "Billy, most of my people die with cancer in the bowels." He said, "I'm just bleeding." And said, "Last night I had a very strange dream. I dreamed that I saw a man come down from heaven, dressed in white, and told me you was gonna be standing here today." <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was all. God in the mouth of three witnesses. It's going to happen, friends. I went home. I called up Dr. Lucas. I said, Dr. Lucas, I want to come over for examination. He said, what for? I said, I'm, I haven't got any amoeba. He said, oh, yes, you got it, Reverend Brandon. Lovely man. One of the best men you'd want to meet. One of the nicest little doctors. Him and Dr. Ryan. And I said, well, uh, Dr. Lucas, I'd like the exam." to examine. He said, "Well, I just examined the other day." Brother, Br- Brother Bram said, "You got amoeba." I said, "Uh <laughs> I said, "Would you give me?" Or said, "Come on over." Now I went over as busy as he was. He said, "What about it, Reverend?" And I said, "I haven't got any amoeba." He said, "You just got a you just got a little relief." He said, "You're just." I said, "No, it's not a relief. It's permanent." <laughs> I said, I, "I I'm absolutely healed of it." He said, "Well," I said, "Will you take another examination?" He said, "Climb up on the table." And he took the smear, went out into the laboratory, come back and said, could I take that again? I know what happened. He goes down, takes it again, comes back. He said, Reverend, you haven't got any. I said, that's what I told you. And he said, well, I'll have to examine you for three months before I can let you be free. I said, you can examine me every day if you want to. I said, it's all right. And he said, what happened? And I sat down and told him. I said, do you believe that? I said, how can I doubt it? there he was and I was healed God called me to now what I've got to do is more with it but I've got to close now it's time to start praying for his sake what's happened friend now I have to go right straight back to Africa where I started from uh, Baron von Bonenberg I have a little dinner with the Prime Minister of India Nehru then I go into India. The Archbishop, which is to be with us in this next meeting out here, the Baptists and Methodists are sponsoring here in Florida, Dr. Farley, the big Baptist school there. They're sponsoring this meeting at West Palm Beach. Just the fundamental churches alone. And the Archbishop of India come over here to find out a lot of Indians was converted and healed there. He come over to find out where it's true and he received the Holy Ghost himself. He's going to be with in the meeting. Don Wells, the one that wrote in the Christian uh, Great Discrepancy, received the Holy Ghost. Dr. Reedhead, the president one of the, uh, the Great Sudan Missions, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in my front room. See? Now, he said, Brother Branham, the move is on. So they, some of them, when I said virally, they thought it was Dr. Lee here at Memphis. So they wrote down and told him, oh, no, certainly Dr. Lee wouldn't believe that. I said, "What about it?" I said, "If he wants to travel in an ox cart, let him go on. We're a jet plane. Let's move on. We're a different type of Baptist. Let's go on. The move is on. God's a moving among His people. And that's why I'm here in America right now. We're trying to accumulate enough finance to hit the road back to Africa again, India, and so forth, and." mark it in your Bibles that you'll hear of this, that I was in India or somewhere east of Africa, Tanganyika, somewhere where Indians are at, somewhere in that eastern country, which I believe will be India itself, where there will be 300,000 people. Either they will be attending the meeting or they'll be... The Archbishop told me, said, Brother Bam, said that that's 300,000 conversions he said, because I'll assure you there'll be a million in your meeting. He said, everybody's looking for you. I said, I had a little lunch and I was with E. Stanley Jones, many of you know him, uh, Dr. Stanley Jones. He said, oh, it won't work in Africa, He or oh, in India. He said, I tell you, he said it just won't work that they don't believe the Pentecostal message. I said, I'm it about Pentecostal message. I thought about what the Lord told me. He said, well, I told the archbishop, he what's he done? Got two or three little old coal farm or churches something there a dozen each one. He said, come on, Brother Bam. They're waiting for you. And so we're ready to go. As soon as God gives the sign now, we just about got enough finance a little bit, and we'll be ready to go after a while as soon as we get finished. And then we're going back to India, and you watch the voice of healing, healing waters and many of those papers. It'll carry the article, at that vision will be just exactly the way it said. Now... What does it do? Friends, no matter what it takes, by God's help, I promise God, in many trials I've had since then, to come into test, I'll keep God's word. When God tells me to do anything, I'll do it. I've learned my lesson. And you do the same. When God tells you anything, you go do what God tells you to do, regardless of how foolish it seems to other people, you believe it with all your heart. That's our heads. Now, Father, before this audience, it's very hot in here tonight, so air is very contaminated with seamless heat. The intense heat here is very bad, but the people are sitting, waiting, watching. They're hungering. their cups are up. May this be the night that you who stood by thy servant there in Africa to watch the thousands and thousands be healed at a time. May the eyes of this American people see it again tonight, or the people that's here sick and afflicted be healed. God, may they understand that it's, it's by committing their lives to you and their faith to you, and walking by faith, not by sight. Sight is not faith. It's an enemy to faith. But faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things we don't see. So God, I pray now by reading the Word, giving the testimony, and now, Holy God of Heaven, I pray that in this crucial hour, one more meeting with these lovely people around Orangeboro and may never see them again no more in my life till I meet there at that great gate where I trust that you'll welcome us, everyone home. I pray that you'll Just do something special tonight, Lord. It's Saturday night. The roadhouses are packed out. The nightclubs, the whiskey places. Beers, drinking. Sinful men and women, boys and girls, crowds in the streets. The tears dropping from your own cheeks, looking down. But Lord, these who've gathered, you're not that way. They're sick, Lord. They're needing help. And i have tried my best to tell them that you've already healed them if they'll just accept it and believe it. Everyone healed was healed many, many years ago when you died. May they renounce the devil tonight. Rise in the name of the Lord Jesus and walk and be made well and healthy. And may for weeks and weeks to come The people around through the community here will be seeing that their diseases has gone from them. Maybe they don't even recognize it now. But in this great uh, room here where the power of God is bottled down, Satan can no more stand where faith is than a person could exist where tear gas is falling. It'll have to go out. So I pray that this room will become so filled with the Holy Ghost until every spirit of doubt will turn the people loose. And the cripples will walk and the blind will see the deaf will hear. Cancers will be cured and heart trouble, Lord. Some of these people, the heart trouble isn't going to live just a day or two longer, maybe, if you're not with them. Try once more, Lord, to break into their hearts, will you? Give them real faith to believe. And help thy servant now by this divine manifestation that it might be known that thou Christ and I'm your servant, or I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We don't have very much room here to stand many at a time. Now, how many is here for your first time? Let's see your hands. First time. Whereas everybody was here last night. Every night it's actually a brand new audience. You just repeat the same thing over each time it's would do. All right. Friends, I'm not a healer. I'm your brother. Please understand. I never come here to heal people. I come here to pawn them to one who's already healed them, Jesus Christ. By divine. But if he was sure himself, he could not heal you, could he? He can't do what he's already done. If I put my hand on that Bible, and you say, put your left hand on the Bible, Brother Brown, I can't do it. I've already got it on there. If the requirements for me to put my hand on the Bible, uh, my hand's on the Bible. You say, well, you put your hand on the Bible. I've already done it. See? Well, that's why Jesus, He healed the people and He saved the people. When you get saved, Jesus doesn't come down and save you then. You've been saved ever since Jesus died, but you just accepted your salvation. It'll never do you any good unless you accept it. That's right. But when he died, he took away every sin of the world. And as far as God is concerned, he can't see sin because the blood of Christ got it covered. But when you die and you go beyond that blood, then you're already judged because God's done said that day, day you die. So if, you're, if you didn't accept the blood of Christ, if didn't accept your salvation from Christ, then you're just gone. That's all. If you did, then you're saved and that's, that settles it. Now, the same blood and mingled in there through his stripes. You were healed. If you believe it, accept it. No matter how you feel, it isn't by feeling. Never think Jesus never did one time say, did you feel it? He said, did you believe it? That, no matter how you feel, you just believe it. You're not saved because you feel like you're saved, are you? I'm not saved because I feel like I'm saved. The devil can beat you around the bush on your feelings. Brother, I'm saved because I met God's requirements. That's why I'm saved. Let me see him beat me around that. (laughs) That's what God said. My feelings, that has nothing to do with it. But the Bible said I'm saved and I met that requirement. That's the reason I know I'm saved. Of course, there is a feeling that goes with it, but not the feeling alone. It's the Bible said so. That's the reason Jesus said... How many believed he was God in flesh? Let's see your hands. We all believe that. Sure we do. And when he was here on earth, he had all the powers of God within him. Do you believe that? He was the Godhead bodily, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The Bible said God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Is that right? Jesus said, It's not me that doeth the works it's my Father dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. And when he met the devil, he had every power that God's got was right in him but he never used the one of them. He said, Satan said, If, that question marks, the word of God's right, If if thou be the Son of God, do a miracle. Let me see you do a miracle. Mm-hmm. He still says the same thing. If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be turned to bread and eat, because you're hungry. You have need of it, see. Jesus said, never said, I have power to overcome you. He said, it's written, Man shall not live by bread alone, the Father's word, See. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, Satan took him up on the pinnacle and said, If thou be the Son of God, Jesus said, It is written. He took him up on a man- mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the United States and all, said, They're all mine. Jesus knows to stay where he is. So I do with him whatever I want to. You can see what he's doing with them, just whatever he wants to. He said, They're mine, and I'll give them, everyone, to you, if you'll fall down and worship me. Jesus, knowing the millennium, he's going to fall heir to it anyhow. So he said, It is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord, thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Get the hint, Satan. Is that right? He defeated Satan on the Father's word. Is that right? right? Bringing it to show that the weakest of Christians can defeat Satan on, Thus saith the Lord, out of the word of God. No matter what you feel, what you think, Thus saith the Lord. It is written. Now, look what the Bible said. Jesus said, Watch so at Luke 11:24. 24, Whatsoever things you desire, now what, healing, whatever it is, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe, you receive it. Is that right? Then it is written, isn't it? Then I pray to ask God to heal me. I have a legitimate reason. I want to preach this gospel. I want to live for it. I ask him to heal me. Then I believe I'm healed. I just go on and act like it, and God does the work. That settles it. It'll do it for you, brother. It'll do it for you, sister. It'll do it for you. It'll do it for you. It'll do it for you. It'll do it for every one of you. It'll never fail. If it fails, then God can fail. Because no man's any better in his word. Is that right? I'm no better in my word. Neither are you. You can't take my word to have nothing to do with me. Because i no good. I'm just as good as my word. And God's just as good as his word. If I can't take his word, I can't have nothing to do with him. So if his word's right, he's right. And he's. This is. Him, that's just the fruit of God placed on a paper, and you receive it spiritually into your heart and believe it, and it'll materialize and bring just exactly what God said it would do. Every seed will bring its kind. Any. I listen to this now, then we'll call the prayer line. Now listen close now. The right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God will bring it to pass. If you will take the right mental attitude towards any promise in that Bible, it will bring it to pass. But it's up to you. It's to each individual. All right. What prayer card does A. One, to a hundred. All right. Who's got A1? Prayer card A1. Look at your prayer card. A little card on the back. got an A on it. Who's got prayer card A1? This man here? All right. A2. Prayer card A2. Rise up. A3. Where's prayer card A3? Oh, you have it, sister? A4. Who has prayer card A4? And he knows what's wrong with thee, And he, he, he could reveal it if he wished to. If he doesn't, I can't help it. I can only do but what if God... Are we strangers, my, my brother? We don't know each other. We've never seen each other. All right? Now, does anybody audience know this man? Anybody here know him? Yes? People know him here. All right? If If God has did what I say he has done, then he can reveal to me what's wrong with this brother and why he's sick and what's wrong or whatever he has need of, God can do it. And if God will do it, not only Him, but the rest and those out there in the audience, out in there also, if He'll do that, will you all accept Him as your healer tonight and say, this time settles it? You people, will you raise your hand and say, I'll accept it. I'll believe it with all my heart if, you, if you'll just do it. All right. Now, I want you to... Now, it's the reason I talked to you a little bit before this time. First thing, I'm waiting for the angel of the Lord. Which I'm absolutely, perfectly helpless without Him, but I know with Him I can do all things, and I know when He comes here, then a little while I become unconscious. Not as I'm, I know what's going on, or He. Now tomorrow, some of them will tell me. You know what taking place in the meeting? Certain certain things taking place. Do you remember that? I sit down and go to thinking about it, It's like you dream to dream. Now probably there's about 20 people, I guess, standing there in the line. Maybe there will probably be 20 or 30 out there in the audience tonight will be healed. 20 or 30 visions and so forth. And when all those things... Now what if you dream 40 dreams tonight and somebody asks you tomorrow what you dream about? See? Now that's just the way it is. Now be reverent. Everybody just... Be just as reverent as you can and believe God with all your heart and God will take care of the rest. Now I want you to look this away and I don't... Make a disturbance if you possibly can. Is something wrong? Or, or just something wrong with this speaking or something down there that we're fixing in. Don't watch them. Watch this away now. Give me your attention. How many's praying for me out there? Do you realize, of course, in a group of this type, is critic setting? Without doubt, that's true. Many times here, a few nights ago, two real cold critics, one a woman and one a man, I started twice to say something to them. But sometimes when they do they get up and stomp out. Jesus said if you pull the weed up or the weeds up, the terriers, they got friends, they were from this very city. I talked to one of the pastors. I said, well I'd have called it, yeah. i right up here in Kentucky, the reason I haven't had a meeting in a long time, and right here in Tennessee, because two outstanding men of a great meeting, right in Memphis, Tennessee today, the reason I never had a meeting there is because of that one thing. That man is sitting right there, a great overseer of the church. I said, you're an unbeliever? And your boy ducked his head down. He'd become angry and turned his whole congregation and said, that man ain't nothing but a spiritualist, you see. And, of course, he's got friends. If I just kept still, kept it to myself, it'd been all right. I called him out, and he sent one of his district men in. And he was an unbeliever sitting in the back of the building. And the night after that, the Lord pointed him back out. It's been seven or eight years ago and said, you're an unbeliever too? Sitting there, told him who he was and where he was from and all about it. Then that caused a great influence around the country. I didn't mean to hurt the man. But they went right out and confessed. Sure, there's unbelievers that didn't believe in it. But see, it's best to let alone. So in here, you hit critics. It's best to let them alone. Let God deal with that. It's up to God, whatever he says. Don't you think so? Now, be reverent. Now, sir, I want you to look at me just a moment. I'm just going to talk to you like... Uh, our master did the woman at the well. He said, uh, bring me a drink of water. I believe that was for a purpose. Don't you think so? He said, bring me a drink of water. And she said, well, it's not customary for you Jews to ask Americans such. We have no dealing. He said, but if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. And she said, well, uh, the well's deep, and the conversation went on. Finally, he went right straight to her spot and told her where her trouble was. She acknowledged that was the truth. And by that was converted and helped. Now, if he's raised from the dead, now what I think he was doing, my own way of thinking, he was contacting her spirit. We're both spirits. We know that, brother. We're both spirits. And then if there's anything that God can help you to, I tell you now. It's not you that's concerned, it's this boy. That's where the concern is, is to the child. And you're very much alarmed about the child. The child must have divine help if he stays. You're aware of that, sir. Have mercy. God have mercy. Is the little fellow aware of what's wrong? I should keep it to myself then. Do you think so? In the bowels, it's tumors. They're subject to malignancy. The little boy's got to have help from God. He stays here. those things true my brother if they are would you raise your hand and say are true just as you put up your hand to signify your me. if Jesus is here you'd run that little boy to him as hard as you could I got a boy standing there two little girls at home one about that size He'd lay his hands upon the child and bless it. He didn't know what was wrong with the child. But now he's went to God and returned back again in the form of the Holy Spirit. And he's the one who knows all about the child. Do you believe he sent me to pray for the child? You do believe. Bring me your boy. Then. Come here, son. Oh, God. This poor little lad standing here, Satan determined to harm and hurt this little thing, This, I pray for mercy, bless this little boy, and may the power of Satan turn him loose. Lord Jesus, I pray that we find favor with you now as everyone is in prayer, and we're in deep sincerity, Lord, knowing that the great Spirit that's moving in this building now knows all things and can do all things. And now, Father, in commemoration of thy word, I lay my hands up on this little lad. Thinking of my own self, I lay hands over his little stomach. And now I ask as your servant to give me mercy. And now I said, I'll give you power over devils. You'll tramp on the heads of scorpions and nothing shall harm you. And you said, In my name they shall cast out devils, and I believe you, Lord, and help now in the name of Jesus Christ. And now, Satan, you bound this child, but you're going to lose. Christ has already won the victory over you. You cannot hold this child. Thou demon turn this baby loose.
1: Come out of it in the
0: name of Jesus Christ I assure thee as God's servant that you will go from this child and leave it alone. I rebuke thee, Satan. Leave the boy. Through Jesus' name. Amen. Come here just a minute, sonny boy. Thank God. You believe with all your heart you will get well, Lord. Thank God. All right. God bless you. I want to hear God bless you. Let's say thanks be to God. How do you do, sir? You believe with all your heart, the child. Look here, honey. When Jesus is here on earth, he met little girls like you, and he put his hand on them and blessed them, and, and they just got well. Do you believe that? you believe it? Come here a minute. Brother Brian wants to talk to you a little bit. Do you believe Jesus will make you well? Oh, He's He's really loves you. Do you believe that, honey? I think you're a very sweet little girl. Won't you look right there at me just a minute? And now, if Jesus is here, he'd put his hands up on you, you'd get well, wouldn't you? You believe Jesus sent Brother Branham here to pray for you? You do. Bless your little heart, isn't she, darling? Isn't Sweet little thing. I'd be irreverent. I'm trying to shut myself into a vision for the child. Now, honey, I got a little girl. What's her name? Well, isn't that pretty? I got a little girl named Rebecca and one named Sarah. And Rebecca's about your age, and she loved Jesus real well. You love Jesus real well too, don't you? You like to go to Sunday school? You believe when your teacher told you that when Jesus was here, he went around and put his hands on little children, and they got well, didn't they? If he was here, he'd put his hands on you, and you'd get well, wouldn't you? A little girl has a deformity over the heart, which is ribs, about three missing ribs from over her heart. She has a mother also that's real sick, nervous, sick. Was it true? Correct? you believe he'll heal her now? Lord, look at this little darling here. Poor little thing standing here. I'd, I'd just do anything, Father, to see her well. And I pray that You will heal her. And may she and her loved ones and all of them be made completely whole tonight. Grant it, Lord. And now I rebuke the devil that found this child. Leave the little fellow. Come out of this, you sinful thing. While you're whipped by Calvary. Jesus Christ won the victory over you. And I adjure thee by the living God that you depart from this child and she'll live to be a normal woman in Jesus Christ's name. God bless you, brother. You'll find your wife well. Let's say thanks be to God. God who raised up his son Christ Jesus can do all things exceedingly abundantly. You believe? Are you praying out there? Look so sincere about it, brother. Do you believe that God's going to make you well? If God will reveal to me what's wrong with you from here, will you believe and accept your healing? He's wanting to heal you right now. The man with the white shirt on sitting there. You're the one with sitting there praying, looking towards me. The man sitting right here, I'm looking straight at that slip. That man in my body, there's the man. Looks to me like that audience could see that light hanging right by the man, sir. You suffer with something the skin disease, a breaking out of the skin. Isn't that right? If that's right, raise up your hand. You accept your healing now. Jesus Christ, make you whole and go home and get well. Be made well in Jesus Christ's name. Believe. Have faith in God. Now be reverent as you can. All right, lady, you believe me to be a servant? I won't be able to talk much. The getting It's getting deep. The microphone's alive. I want you just to believe me. Look this way. You believe me to be a servant? You believe if God could reveal to me your sickness and what's wrong with you, that you'd accept it? You believe it with all your heart? uh I see a man he must be your it's your boy your son and if he, he he's gone wrong and he's gone to drinking and 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 you were trying to persuade him to church and he keeps shaking his head and going back from a, a church and i your the, your husband, you're, you're talking loud. He's deaf or something, hard to hear. Isn't that right? Go home. Jesus Christ is going to give you the desire of your heart. God bless you. name. And, and all right. Be reverent. Have faith. Believe with all your heart. Brother, it's not far away. You just keep believing. Oh a thread would do it. This kind of lady. and mother could receive your faith at this time it would be over. Your faith is so strong it's turn me around twice. you believe lady now your sickness if that's what it is I couldn't heal it I'm just a man I'm your brother but your life you couldn't hide you know that or you're 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 knowing that you're in the presence of something besides your brother you're you're ready for an operation and the operation is from the female and that's a tumor in the female I just meant minute, something happened. I've seen something. Was that true what was said? Now that was that wasn't me. That was my voice, but it wasn't me. It was a vision. I never seen you in my life. But there was something taking place and I didn't Here it is. You have a you have a child, a little girl, about six or seven years old that uh, has some kind of a coughing, asthmatic is what it is. Your husband's kind of a thin man. He has the same thing in a bronchial condition, kind of a... Uh, he's dressed... Kind of a, he's kind of a thin-like man. Heavenly Father, who knows all things and made all things by Jesus Christ, I pray that you'll bless this family, and may they be healed and made well. For your glory, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you, sir. God bless you, lady. May he be with you and help you. You are, there's something else. You've, uh, you're just newly in the way. You've been baptized, but you haven't received the Holy Ghost. But you're seeking the Holy Ghost. Won't you go put your arm around your husband and may God give you the Holy Ghost before you leave the building tonight, my prayer. God bless you. Go and may His grace be with you.
1: You love Him?
0: <laughs> Everyone, just forever Believe with all your heart. Now, don't be excited. Just take your time. Pray. Have faith. You believe,
1: sister?
0: Uh, I've seen you go in somewhere, and it left me, everybody in prayer, just silently. You believe that God could reveal to me your very life, and if Christ has risen from the dead, that he could tell me what's wrong with you, and by doing so, would you accept it? Oh, it's a doctor's office now, and it's a child, a little child it has uh, got uh, it's a throat it's examined in the, in the throat. It's something like colds or brownie or something in the throat. And a, he's got something on the arm, something wrong with the arm. It's a, no, it's a, it's a blood thing. To, it's got low blood pressure in, in the little boy. The, it's got a low blood pressure on the thing. That Was that true? you believe that you shall have what you've asked for? Come near me. Lord, I, I pray, God, that you'll grant her uh, d- her desires. May she go tonight and be made well. Grant it, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. God bless you, ladies.
1: Down,
0: our little boy, <clears throat> have faith, my brother. You believe me to be God's servant? You believe God will show Brother Branham uh, what you're here for? You love Jesus? You believe he died to, to save you and make you well and make you happy and a fine man to serve him? You believe that? I see a wheelchair rolling. A little boy fixing to go to a wheelchair. Or no, he's just come from a wheelchair. Cops and a wheelchair. The little. It's a diabetes. Is that right, honey? Did not? did <clears throat> Seems to me I saw a wheelchair a cot. Have you been in a cot or a wheelchair, or crippled or hurt or something? Other in a? Was you in a wheelchair or cot just recently? It looked like you was about your same age. Have you been in a cot or something other? A wheelchair rolled around. Let's see. What did he say was wrong with you, honey? Diabetes. Diabetes. Come here. this poor little boy who can't help himself. Neither can anything else help him but you. But God, I bless him. Pray that you'll make him every whit whole. May he go home now and be well, I bless him, and rebuke this devil that would take this little boy's life and send him to a premature grave. Come out of him, Satan. In the name of Jesus Christ, leave the child. And I bless thee, my son, in the name of Jesus Christ for your healing. May you go and be a fine young man. God bless you, honey. And don't fear. Just go believing, having faith, to get all right. <clears throat> was
1: that
0: little boy diabetes? Was that diabetes, honey, you had? Wait a minute. Walk back this way just again, will you, honey? Stand there just a minute. Look here at me. No, you. You're another one. Is that right? I thought it got back on the child again. It wasn't. All right, it's gone. Go, off. Go oh, with all your heart. God bless you. Honey. When I get weak, Satan just tries everything. You all pray. You believe with all your heart? You don't get over that female trouble? Believe it, God will make you ever well in the heart trouble and things you've been suffering with you. Believe that God will make you well of it? Come here. Lord, I bless her and may she go now and be made well. May God bless her and may she be healed in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Come, lady. You believe? You want to get well? You believe if God would show me like He did His Son Jesus? straight to your trouble, and God would heal you? You believe I'm able to do this through Christ, through a divine gift? All right, you have an ulcerated stomach. Is that true? I see you're refusing food and walking back. Now you're walking towards the table. Go ahead and eat. God bless you. Be made well. Come, lady. If God will reveal exactly what's wrong with you, Will you accept it? you got heart trouble. You accept your healing? Go on your road and be healed. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a minute. You know, get rid of that kidney trouble? You do? Staying there praying about it. Just asking God to let me turn around and talk to you. Shocked you when it did. God bless you. Go home now and get well. Have faith. You don't get over the sinus trouble, lady. You do. All right? Stand up and accept your healing. God bless you. See them headaches holding your head, especially when you get up of the morning holding your head across there. I see it standing there? yet. the vision's still moving. Holding your head. Get real nervous too, don't you? Can't hardly really hold yourself together. Have faith now. Eh? Believe Him. You're going to get over it. With you. I've seen a demon of nervous folk. Oh, it's the man sitting here. All right, sir. You don't get over that nervousness and be made well? Raise up and accept your healing. Say, I accept it in Jesus' name. Go off the platform now and be made well through Jesus Christ's name. Come, lady. You believe? You don't get over the arthritis? Raise up your hands. Do you mind me as God's prophet? Stomp your feet up and down. Say the arthritis is gone, is it? Jerk your hands up and down. Feel perfectly normal, well? You'll always, God bless you, go and be made well. Come, lady. You believe it all your heart? You believe that heart trouble left you while you're sitting there? All right, go then in the name of the Lord Jesus and be made well. The arthritis too is you, but God made you well standing there. Just go off a platform rejoicing, saying, thank you, Lord Jesus. you believe? The Spirit of God is... You have rheumatism, don't you, lady? Back trouble in there. You want to get over it? You do? Raise up and accept your healing. Say, I accept my healing in the name of Jesus Christ and go home and get well. Amen. Let's say, praise be to God. Praise have faith. Don't doubt. Believe him with all your heart. Something wrong with your side, isn't there, lady? You like to get over it accept Jesus Christ as your healer? And be made well, you believe it with all your heart. Have faith in God. I've seen someone move across there as a shadow, an elderly person with a cane in their hand. There stands the lady standing behind the man. Look on me, lady, just a minute. you believe me to be God's prophet? Not only are you crippled up, but you have heart trouble, too. Isn't that right? If it is, take your cane and wave it up in the air. Now you don't have to have your cane no more. You Go home and be made well. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Stomach trouble, don't you, sir? Your wife's sitting there by you. There's diabetes stomach trouble. You believing with all your heart? Yes, sir, with your cane hanging on you. You believe God's going to make you well? Just a moment. You've been in my meeting before. That was a great auditorium. That had a lot of machines sitting down taking recordings in the bottom. In New York. Is that right? God bless you. Return and be made well. Get our heart trouble, lady, and go home. Be well, made well. Believe God will make you heal, heal you where you're sitting there. You do. God bless you. Then go. Turn right back around. Go off the platform. Be made well. In the name of the Lord Jesus. You believe with all your heart? I'm all right, sister. All right, I want you to do something for me. How many sick people is here? I just keep your hands up. Sick people. Now you who are sitting near those people with their hands up, lay your hands over on them. Lay your hands over on the sick everywhere. Now bow your heads, will you? Our Heavenly Father... It is written in the Scripture, They shall lay their hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Pray one for another that you may be healed, for the affection of fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. My strength is gone, but thou art strong. Thou art here to make every everything Evil spirit leave the people. Make every evil one go out of them. You see them with their hands on one another, Lord. If it breaks the heart of a person like me, how would it break your poor heart to see these dear mothers and daddies, and hundreds of them here with their hands laying on one another? Why, Satan's shame of you for crippling up those people and for making them have heart trouble and sickness where you can't get around. God, rebuke thee. You're a deceiver, and you're evil. As a servant of God, I rebuke thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, that you leave every person here. Come out of them. You can't hold them any longer. They believe. God has sent His Word. He sent His Spirit. He sent His signs and wonders and you're defeated, and I claim it for them, everyone, that there will not be a feeble person, that the lame will get up from here and walk, that the deaf and dumb will go to speaking and hearing, that the blind will see, and all will be made well. Grant it, Lord. In Jesus' name, I rebuke all the devil power.